But until I face tomorrow's task, I have no special favor to ask. I just came to talk with you, Lord. How about that? Come before God, not because we need anything, but come before God because we love him and we worship him and we adore him. How appropriate uh, our worship songs this morning go in line with the word that God gave me this week for this house. But Joe, come and, we're, we're, come and share what, uh, Pastor Ron, hand him your, Joe, Joe sh- shared something with me that I want him to share with you. Hello, hello. Hello, Joe. Um, I was just sitting over there and God just hit me and I was like for five minutes tingling and everything. We need to really appreciate our worship uh, band. Like yes. you guys are consistent. And you are, you know, we know you got something going on right now. But thank you. <laughs> thank you for, you know, consistency, good, joy, your compassion. And Josh, God hears your cries, man. We love you. And the sound men, cameraman, too. And thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> you guys make it work, you know. So. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Ephesians 11, 24 says, in everything, give him thanks. If you brought your Bible this morning, if you'll go with me to Mark, the 14th chapter. I want to follow up on some things that we shared last week. Carissa, it's always a joy. It's always a joy. Yes. Rebecca, as you were worshiping, the Lord showed me. Um, your car parked and there was a car parked in front of you that was in a no parking zone and a police officer gave that person a ticket and when that person went to their car they took the ticket off and put it on your windshield wow. there are some things you just need to leave here just leave it here take your burdens to the Lord you're carrying some stuff you don't need to carry God said, everything's going to be okay. I've already worked it out. You're going to be fine. That makes sense? The Lord's faithful, isn't he? He is a good God. The author of Hebrews, many assume it was Paul. It probably was. Said in Hebrews 13 and 15, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise, giving thanks to his name. For this is the will of God, Concerning you, giving thanks to him, the sacrifice of praise. I am learning as I look through the scripture, I'm learning that prayer should be praise and praise should be prayer. That's good. When Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he said, when you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven. And that's a term of worship. That's a term of acknowledgement. And that's a term of integrity, knowing who God is and where God is and what God wants to do in our life. I shared a story uh, last week. I want to look at Mark, the 14th chapter, and I'm going to look at the third verse. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignations within themselves and said, why was this waste of this ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence 
and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, leave her alone. Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For you have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, you may do them good. But me you have not always. I like the next line. She has done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body for the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached unto the, throughout the whole world, also this which she has done shall be spoken of her for a memorial. Amazing story. This dinner was in recognition of Jesus. It's in the house of Simon, who was a leper, and Jesus healed. And they're celebrating Jesus. That's what the dinner's all about. But in their celebration that Jesus was there, they forgot some just basic housekeeping chores. Share with you last week, the open sandals walked the dirt roads. The feet became dusty. The feet became dirty. And it was responsibility of the host to wash the feet of his guests and dry them with a towel. But they got so excited, I guess, about Jesus being there or whatever's taking place, they, they forgot to anoint his feet. They forgot to wash his feet. So Mary, who we know to be an ex-prostitute, she was the one they brought to Jesus who tried to stone. You remember the story. And Jesus wrote in the sand from the oldest to the youngest. They looked at what he wrote and they walked away. And then he asked her, where are your accusers? And she said, I don't have any. They're gone. And he said, neither do I accuse you. Go thy way and sin. Do this sin no more. This is a special moment in the life of Jesus as he forgave this woman of her sins, sins that were deserving of death, deserving to be stoned. My question was, when they brought the chick, where was the dude? Takes two to tangle, but anyway, I guess, I guess we kind of see how the times were in that day. More was required of the woman that was required of the man. But they has a celebration. And this, this precious child of God comes and takes her Life savings, 300 denarii, we shared with you last week, that was the value of $55,000. This, this spike nard was worth $55,000. And she came and she broke it. It wasn't, she didn't just dip into it. She just poured a little bit out. She gave it all. That's what I call a sacrifice. Brett, that was probably her life savings. That's probably what she was going to live on. That was her 401k. That's what she was putting her faith in. But she broke it and she anointed his feet with that oil and then dried them with her hair. And the Bible says the whole house was filled with the fragrance of her worship. This morning, the fragrance of your worship touches the heart of God. And God seems many times to do what I call a shotgun blessing. Right. A shotgun blessing is where the shot just goes in a pattern. And anyone in that area of that, of that blast gets shot. I think this, I know that sounds <laughs> kind of negative. <laughs> Let me twist it to the positive. 
you may not necessarily did all the right things that you should have done and been all the right things you should have been. But being in a corporate house of worship, you have a tendency to get sprayed on. And that's the glory. Let me change that. That's the, that's the glory of God acknowledging. No, God's not spitting on you. That's not what I'm trying to say. You notice there's no one in the front row, though, because they're afraid I'm going to spit on them. But there was something about that fragrance. There was something about that, that, that moment. Look at somebody and say, I am an apothecaryist and I have come to create apocryphy. I am apocryphy. I've come to create in Exodus, this 37th chapter in the 37th chapter in the 29th verse, God gives the priest a formula for worship. And it was a special formula that was not to be used for any other purpose, but stepping into the presence of God. When you entered into the tabernacle, there were three rooms. There was the outer room with sunlight directed. There was the inner court where the menorah brought the light. And then there was the Holy of Holies where the Shekinah glory of God would fill that chamber. And in order for the priest to go into the presence of God before into the Holy of Holies, he had to stop. There was an altar of sacrifice. There was a table of showbread. There was a menorah. And then right before the veil, right, right where the veil parted, there was another altar. And that was apothecary altar. And this altar had red hot coals and there was a container on the altar. And in this container were six ingredients plus oil. Six represents the number of man. Seven represents the number of God, the perfection of God. So when these seven ingredients were placed on this altar and the coals were underneath it, an incense, we just sang that, let incense arise. That incense rose up, that, that, that uh, pulpery rose up and it began to create a vapor, began to create a, a cloud of smoke. The fragrance was incredible. These, these elements together was incredible. And before the priest would go be, be into the Holy of Holies, he would stand and he would take his garments and he would get his garments saturated with that fragrance. And then when he smelled like that altar, he stepped beyond the veil in the presence of God and God acknowledged that fragrance. That was a perfume that only was used to worship God. God immediately recognized that sacrifice, recognized that, that, that fragrance and God would allow the Holy of Holies to light up and the, the God light would come down and fill that room. And that priest would, would experience that and he would come from that place with the glory of God and to be in the presence of God and the fragrance of God. And I'd, I'd like to ask you something this morning. What does your scent attract? What does your fragrance attract? When Noah was in the ark, you know, the story is set on the mountain. The animals went out. Noah planted a vineyard. Noah created an altar. Noah took animals and he sacrificed them and he burnt them on the altar. And in Genesis 8, it says the fragrance of that sacrifice went up and it pleased the nostrils of God. When I think of that fragrance, I think of Esther. I also think of happy. That's the cologne that I wear because it smells like tangerines. Yes. And tangerines is very spiritual in the Bible. 
It was the decree of that day in order for the queen to go into the king's presence. She had to go following a fragrance. And Esther's fragrance was, research says, the tangerine. And they would take hundreds of tangerines and, and Joe, they would just crush them and they would, they would put them in this great big platter. Hundred, a big old pile of crushed the juices of that tangerines. And then they would carry that tangerine, that, that platter of tangerines into the presence of the king. And they had these great big fans and they would fan over that, that tangerine. And that fragrance would feel that, that, that atmosphere. And if it pleased the king, he would take his scepter and he would point it towards the person that was approaching. And that meant it was okay to come in. Esther didn't just casually blow in and blow out. But before the king selected Esther, Esther was in a season of preparation. You see, with no preparation, there is no presence. That's right. With no presentation, there is no acceptance. A lot of it just blow in and blow out. It's like, a, it's like Pastor Rhonda has two different ways to drink tea. One of those, she takes a tea bag and she dips it in there and then she gets the tea and she drinks it. Then sometimes she just leaves the bag in the cup. And that water and that tea and that, you know, gets, it just gets so strong, gets so, you know, so are, are you a dipper? You just dip in and dip out Sunday and Wednesday. Do you ever read your Bible Monday through Saturday? Do you ever spend any time in prayer and preparation during the week? Did you prepare yourself this morning to step into the presence of God or did you just assume that you were dressed okay? How are you dressed today? What, what is your fragrance? What do you smell like? The, the fragrance of Noah touched the heart of God. The fragrance of Esther touched the heart of the king. You know the story, she entered into the king's presence there. God used her in an incredible, phenomenal way. I went a couple of days ago to the uh, store and got, a, and got a car fragrance and it was a new car set. Yeah. And I put it in there and I shut the door and then I got in the car yesterday. I hated that set. <laughs> I'm changing that set. I'm going with Honeydew from now on. I'm going to light a candle and put it there in my, in my credenza and me and my candle are going to drive down the road and I'm going to smell like honeydew and I'm going to sing tiptoe through the tulips with Tiny Tim. That's the way I plan to, to, to roll this week. I'm not rolling with the new car set. I'm rolling with the honeydew. And I may even find another one out there I like even better. But what fragrance are you offering up unto God? Amen. In Psalms 150 it says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. We are instruments of praise. We are instruments of worship. We are to operate in praise and we are operate in worship as many times a day as possible. David says, seven times a day do I praise thee for thy mighty acts. When I think about Job, the Bible says in the first chapter that every day, Brit, Job offered a sacrifice to God just in case his sons and daughters got out of line or did something wrong. So by proxy, Job offered praise to God, asking God to watch over his family. And then at the end of the book of Job, we find that 
when Job began to pray for his friends and thank God for what God had done, God turns Job's captivity around and gives him double for his trouble. We talked about that a few weeks ago. And there was something I just, the Lord just dropped in on me. Oh yes, Esther. Before Esther could qualify to be the queen, before she could step into the presence of the king, for one year she prepared for that moment. For six months, they anointed her with oil every day of her life to get her skin real soft and, 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 and special for the king. And then the last six months, they took myrrh and spikenard and, and they rubbed her skin so that when she stepped in the king's presence, she would, be, she would be acceptable because of her fragrance. Again, I wonder sometimes how much we prepare to step into the presence of God. And when things get bad, we seem to try to step quicker. Hello? Paul and Silas were in prison. They were beat. They were trashed. They were hungry. They were chained. But at midnight, the Bible says they begin to sing praise. They begin to sing worship. They begin to sing hymns and songs and spiritual songs. And at midnight, there was a shaking and those chains fell off and those prison doors were open. I believe praise will deliver you from any prison the enemy tries to put you in. The song says, if you're up against a struggle, don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Just praise the Lord because he can work through those who praise him. Amen. The Bible says that God inhabits. That's not just camping out, but that Greek word means to take up residence. Yes. God takes up residence in the praise and worship of his children. That's just the way that he rolls. I'm reminded Daniel went through a season of prayer. And because of Daniel's prayer, the plan was made to try to destroy Daniel. But because Daniel was prayed up and praised up, he was ready to go into the lion's den because he knew that God was in control. When you stay in an atmosphere 30 minutes in this house and that corporate anointing, that corporate worship, you may have come in as a lamb, but you're leaving as a lion. You may have come in as a loser, but I'm here to tell you, you're going to, from this place as a lion. And you are to expect things to happen because you spent the first part of your week in praise and worship to God. He's got every other day under control. You're the apple of his eye. You are a fragrance. You are a special gift to God, a blessing to God. And God said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, for I will give you rest. So rest comes in praise. Rest comes in worship. When you don't know what to do, just step back. Turn on the CD, turn on the iPad, iPod, turn on whatever you can turn on and get that worship music going in your spirit because you were created to become a praiser and a worshiper. Amen. Psalms 8 and 2, a prophetic word that says praise and worship shall come from the mouths of babes and sucklings. That word suckling is nursing. Right. So, so David prophesied in eighth chapter of Psalms that there would come a day when praise would come forth from the mouth of, of children and babies nursing. For some reason, that prophecy just kind of gets blown off later in life. But there was a day when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a, on a donkey. And the Bible says that the babies and the children begin to say, Hosanna, Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. See that miracle with me. You have a, you have a nursing baby speaking perfect Hebrew. Yeah. 
How crazy is that? But the word said that's going to happen. The children, the, the, those that are nursing, those babies that are nursing, they're going to say, Hosanna, blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Let me tell you, if we don't call out to God, our children will. If we don't call out to God, this next generation will. I believe this generation, Christine's generation, I believe this generation will probably see the rapture of the church and the second coming of the Lord. But I want to remind you about the first coming. When he came the first time, angels and shepherds were rejoicing and praising God in the highest, saying glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. I know this isn't Christmas, but something happened that Christmas day as earth, the shepherds and heaven, the angels begin to praise and worship. It created an atmosphere of God's glory. It created an atmosphere of God's, of God's blessing, God's favor. Wouldn't you like to have been there that night? When you saw that babe and saw the angels and heard the shepherd, would that not have been quite an experience? Amen. I, th I think that would just be one of the most awesome. People say, where do you want to go back into time? Where do you? That would be a great place to go that you could hear that angelic choir. You could hear, hear those shepherds calling out to God. We know the wise men saw a star. We think they came from China. If they came from China to make their way to Israel, it took them two years by camel. There was a caravan. They were very wealthy. And they had probably several camels. They had to carry all their food, all their water, all their clothing for two years. It was a two-year trek. It was a very expensive trek. But the Bible says that when they got to where Jesus was, they brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we know that gold was a gift given to a king. Frankincense was a gift given to a god. And myrrh was a gift given at the time of death. It's interesting that two of those three in those gifts included the, the ability to smell. You know, the first thing that happens when you get COVID, you lose your smell. What the devil would like you to do is be so overwhelmed by the things of the world and by the things of the enemy that you forget that you have the ability to produce a fragrance to go in the presence of God and get God's attention. He's a king of kings. That's why he got the gold. He's a Lord of lords. That's why he got the frankincense but he was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. That's why he got the myrrh. And we praise him for that. Do you not praise for that in this house? Your responsibility, 2 Corinthians 2, 14, we are to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we won't, we won't bow, we won't bend, we won't serve your God because we have a God that we will bow, that we will bend, that we will worship. Sometimes it's just a matter of shifting jobs, shifting priorities. Your priority might be your family. Your priority might be your job. Your priority might be your hobby. But when you make God your priority, when you seek first the kingdom of God, the Bible says all these things shall be added unto you. And I just ponder how incredible those things that God has blessed us with. So he got the myrrh because he was a lamb. David says that when they prepared the body of Jesus, they took him into the tomb. And in that tomb, they put 80 pounds of aloe and 80 pounds of myrrh. Aloe obviously represents life. We know that myrrh represents death. We know that. They placed, those, they placed 80 pounds of spices in that tomb. Yet when the Bible says they rolled the stone away and went inside, they don't mention the aloe, they don't mention the myrrh, they just mention the face and, and the garment. 
And I always wondered, what happened to the myrrh? What happened to the aloe? Well, if Jesus is going to go in the presence of God that day, I believe he went with myrrh. I believe he went with aloe. I believe he went with a fragrance that was well-pleasing under God. And I believe it got God's attention. And because of that, whosoever believeth in him shall have everlasting life. How crazy is that? I said, how crazy is that? Come on, talk to me. How crazy is that? So, have you got stinking thinking? When you step in God's presence, does he go, woo? Somebody let, somebody let the dogs out. On more than one occasion, there have been people driving on this freeway that thought the church was on fire. One time, the fire truck came. But there were, there were seasons of praise. and I'm, I'm sorry to say, probably Jerry and Linda would remember those days. Chris and Susan would remember those days. But they called, they called the fire department because they thought our church was on fire. But it's like this candle. The substance represents us. The fire represents God. And when you light the fire of God, you're going to smell like something. And hopefully it's a good smell. Hello. Hopefully it's a good savor. Sometimes in the, t- in the times of, of storms and things that were going on in life, I, I think about Jacob and did everything wrong and messed everything up. And you know the story and got cast out of his father's house and went to his uncles. And on his way to his uncles, he lay down. He was such a city slicker. He, got, he found a rock for a pillow. I don't know how comfortable that was, but David, he laid his head on that rock. And then he had a, he had a vision. He had a God's manifested presence and he saw a stairway and coming up and down the stairway into heaven angels were coming down and angels were going up we don't worship angels and we don't pray to angels but God uses angels to bring stuff to us when we praise him God brings God uses angels to minister to us the Bible is full of angels ministering all the way through the Bible that's the way that God rolls our praise and worship will bring God's angels Jacob, who had this dream, goes on through life. You know the story. He has 12 children. You know, Joseph is kidnapped, and later he's reconnected with Joseph. And the Bible says that before he died, he was leaning upon the top of his staff, and the Bible said he worshiped. You're never too young. You're never too old. As long as there's breath in your body, you can praise and you can worship God and you can expect God's best. Amen. I, I remember I was sharing uh, a few weeks ago with my experience with Leonard Ravenhill. That name is probably new to many of you, but uh, Leonard Ravenhill was a giant in the kingdom of God. He was a powerful, powerful Man, power, incredible exploits, wrote some incredible, phenomenal books. The door opened for Pastor Ron and I to go to Tyler, Texas and preach a meeting there. And I learned that Leonard Ravenhill lived in Texas, lived in Tyler. And so I did the research and I got his phone number and I talked to his wife and she said that we could come and we could visit. And I remember taking the youth pastor, Tim Boss, with me. Uh, The pastor was too busy, but the youth pastor went with me. And uh, we went to his home and we, we probably stayed there two and a half, probably, probably two and a half or three hours. And he was so gracious and so wise and so tempered and just a seasoned 
veteran in the things of God. And it was very, it was, it was very, I'd read his books and now I'm putting a face with the books. I'm getting him tell me why I wrote the books or what meant the most to him. And then at the end of the, our time was up and I asked him to pray for us. And he said he would. And so I bowed my head and I closed my eyes and, and I waited. I was going to let him go first. And I waited and I waited. And so I opened one eye and he was there just in a, in a prone position. And I waited. And I looked over at Tim. He was, you know, so we just, you know, we were just there. And he said, Father. And when he said, Father, it was like God walked in the room. And Tim and I both fell on our face. Couldn't stand in that atmosphere. Leonard Ravenhill touched the heart of God and knew how to get God's attention. Oh, that we could be that focused. Oh, that we could be that focused. That our, our desire would be, when I say, Master, when I say Savior, all my storms disappear. So we're in Israel, and they put me with a young evangelist, and he was very young in the Lord, but very hungry, very, very easy. To, he wanted to be mentored, and uh, we were 10 days together, and then we were on the Sea of Galilee, and we went out in the boat, and we saw the fish, and we saw this could be where Jesus walked on the water, and then went back, we went back to the room. And so he and I were rooming together, and so we decided before we was going to bed, we, we said that we would just have a word of prayer. So we knelt down. I don't know if he went first or I went first. But when it was, but when it was my turn, I said, Jesus. That's all I said. And all of a sudden, it was like someone opened the door and Jesus walked in. And again, flat on my face, was afraid to look, afraid to open my eyes, afraid, I just, it was a godly fear, it wasn't a bad fear, what a godly fear. But I value those moments in life. I value those moments when I get in the car and I push in an Andre, Andre Crouch CD and I'm driving down the road in that worship and that praise, especially Andre, nobody could do it like Andre. But that praise and that worship begins to fill that car, that truck, and I start weaving all over the road and the tears are running down my face and people are driving by looking at me like, you know, it's a big old truck anyway, so it takes up a lot of space and I'm weaving all over the road and me and Andre, I mean, if Andre ever heard me sing, he would hire me because he would, he, would like, he, like he would like my singing. But there's just something about that ability to praise and worship God. John 4 and 21, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in, in truth and in integrity. You can't live your life like hell and then just expect to step right in the presence of God. I mean, he will receive you, but there's a protocol that you need to go through that's called repentance. And when you worship him in spirit, when that spirit, when you teach that spirit man how to worship and how to respond to things of God and in truth, 
the Bible says it brings God's presence. John 14 and 12, He that believeth on me the works that I do shall ye do also, and greater works than these shall ye do, because I go unto my Father. I take that translation literally. He said, the works that I do, you're going to do. You're going to raise the dead. We've seen two dead raised in our ministry. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to open blind eyes. You're going to accomplish this. You're going to accomplish that. And he says, and then greater than these shall you do because I go to my father. Well, what's greater than walking on the water? Think about that. What's greater than healing a paraplegic? What's greater than walking up to a guy that has never seen before and you anoint his eyes and he opens his eyes? What could possibly be greater than that? The works that I do shall you do also. And greater than these shall you do. What's greater than that? In that generation that started with Abel, sacrifice in the garden, before the priest to go into the presence of God, a lamb had to be slain and the blood had to be shared. And with blood, that priest was able to go into the presence of God. That was then. But when John the Beloved said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world, when that blood was shed at Calvary, there was an earthquake from heaven and it shook everything. And the veil that separated God from man that only the priest could go once a year was rent in two. And now because of Calvary, now because of the blood, do you know what I can do any day of the week, any hour of the day, any minute in that hour? I can go beyond the veil I can enter with the blood of the lamb. I can worship him and praise him. What's greater than works? Worship. What's greater than power? Praise. Those are the two weapons that God has given us to defeat the enemy. And God has given us the ability to step into his presence, not because we are worthy. We will never be worthy. We will never, we will never be able to be that, that perfect person. But there's coming a day when the dead in Christ are going to rise, when we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. On that day, we will be worthy because we will walk in his righteousness, his holiness, and his glory. I'll someone give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Father, thank you for the worship. Thank you for the praise. Thank you for that door. It's not closed to us. We enter into your presence with singing. We step into your gates with thanksgiving. We go beyond the veil with worship. We are instruments. We're instruments of praise and instruments of worship. And when we do what we were created to do, then you do what you created us to be. Father, you've already prepared the way now you're preparing us. Let us be susceptible. Let us be vulnerable. Let us be sensitive to your touch. Let us enter into a, clear, clear, a prayer closet and not come out until we feel your presence. Let us not leave that altar until we know that you've heard us and we know that we are in the perfect center of your will. Do these things in Jesus' name we pray. And they all said, amen. I'll give the Lord another hand clap of appreciation for his goodness and his mercy.